When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Brian, so Wanye Thomas, Marquis Bell, they stepped up in a big way. One of the things I want to focus on here, though, is first off, Stefan Gilmore was fantastic in Brilliant. this game and coverage. Brilliant player. He was, he was great. Um, and one of the things that stood out to me, though, was the physicality that Trayvon Diggs was playing with yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that he comes in and he lays the wood on Saquon Barkley and pops the ball in the air that Deron Bland picks off goes in the end zone and that felt like i know we said it was essentially game over after the field goal that felt like giants are not winning this game tonight no. they got a, it was 16 nothing it was like giants have lost that was the end it felt too much for them uh you have Diggs, of course later on coming down uh making the the strip on the catch and run uh that israel mukwamu then scoops it up but i thought it was really interesting the sort of physicality that Diggs played with and he's flashed it at times uh, very, very seldomly. Like, we always point to the Cincinnati game, that wrap-up tackle he made Twice. on third day. Uh, yeah, two of them. But third and fourth down. specifically on third that was yeah. really big. Yeah. Um, do you think that we're seeing a, a new Trayvon Diggs, or was it just a – do you think he was in the moment along with this groundswell that the defense felt – and that was an outpouring of that, or or is this a potential? We really do have a more physical version of Trayvon Diggs this season. I want to believe it's a more physical because look at what happened when, and he gave up the, probably the biggest play of the game or the biggest play of the day, excuse me, for the Giants, the ball that went to, to Hodgins, right? The one where he was able to, it was a big run, big run, big catch, and he hammers it out of, out of his hands. So that is a very, very aggressive play. If you're going to give up a big play, make sure you try and make a big play uh, to kind of turn the tide there, and he did by creating the fumble. But if I could go back, if you remember the hit that he made, okay, the previous plays of that, the first down play you get a sack from uh, Lawrence. Yep. The second play on second down, second and 19, you get an incomplete. Now it's 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 third and nineteen, and Daniel Jones is under pressure, and he's just trying to check it down, and he's he's just trying to live to fight for another day. So what does he do? He throws the ball. Just a great read by Diggs, but he took a lot of grief for what happened to him in that San Francisco playoff yeah. game when he missed the just completely whiffed, you know, with the ball with an opportunity, and then he had the drop. You know, but the ball was through traffic, you know, probably didn't see it cleanly like he needed to. But I think I think what you're starting to see from Diggs is that there was there was a time, and I really did believe this, Bobby, that the the Giants were gonna be a left handed team and they were gonna try and run the ball at him. They were gonna see who in the right side, because you run the ball at tank, it's gonna be problems. 
you know, but you run the ball at that right defensive end for the Cowboys, whoever it might be, and then you force Diggs to have to play forward, you know? And but he he there's he he took a lot of grief for the lack of physicality that he played with at times. Yeah. You know, to absolutely. the point to the point where people are like tweeting at you like, "Hey, well look at that. Yeah, there it goes. You know, there's a play, you know. You guys talk about him. He, you know, no, I mean, let's let's be honest here. We don't sit here and talk about these players what they can and cannot do unless we still like, well, hey, they, you know, like Adoga, we didn't see, and we'll get into how what kind of game Adoga had. I mean, I, I I think there's some positive things. Sure, but there are things that we did not with with Diggs where you had seen him not, you know, not be as aggressive as he need to be. And yesterday he was did a great job. Again, big time play, two big time plays, knocking the ball loose, and then and then on the on the uh, bland uh, uh, interception for a touchdown pick six, and then him hammering the ball out of Hodgins, uh, you know, hands. Uh, after the after the catch, so maybe this is one of those things where it is a a turning point for him with the physicality that he knows that he needs to play with. Yeah, because I mean, I thought honestly yesterday all three of your starting corners played really really well. Deron yeah. Bland, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore. I thought they all were were really impressive. We know I thought Jalen Hyatt was going to be big vertical yeah. guy, the one target for the game. And it was a By drop. Way, I, I, this is one weird, of the that weird I, game for him, man. Weird I, I game. felt like watching the game. I've not, I, I haven't gone back and watched the tape yet on it, but watching it live the first time and being, you know, up in the press box and having kind of the, the full view of it. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me, and I'm curious if you saw the same one tape, did it look like to you, Daniel Jones was just, flat out missing his pre-stamp diagnosis of what the defense was doing. He, he it, was, looked yeah. like, it looked like right after the snap, there were several times where he kind of started pinballing around like this. They're not where I thought they were. It looked no. like the Cowboys were doing a really good job of disguising their intentions because Daniel Jones looked like post-snap, he was very confused on several different occasions. Yeah, I think the weather really bothered him, but the Dallas front seven really bothered him a lot. And and what actually the, the 11 on the field, because the secondary did a great job in coverage. I think there was a various looks that Dan Quinn gave him, and he knew that his offensive line was compromised bad. He, he It didn't matter. You know, we talked about uh, the potential, the problems at guard, the problems at center with the rookie there, the problems at the right tackle spot. All five guys, it, it did not matter. Daniel Jones, with the one thing, with all that pressure and the sacks that the Cowboys were able to create, Daniel Jones' eye level went from being downfield to looking at the rush. And once he started looking at the rush, he was done. Ball wasn't going to get out. Ball wasn't going to go down the field. You know, he wasn't going to make a... He wasn't going to make a – I mean, you forced him into the, the interception uh, that Gilmore had. I mean, she's just throwing the ball out of bounds. But here he is running to the sidelines. He tries to fit the ball back inside. Well, no chance. No chance there. You know, Gilmore with a great interception, able to get both hands underneath the ball, cradle it to get the interception. You know, get, set the Cowboys up in a great spot. There wasn't but a person in the press they box. Rattled, really, they rattled no, him yesterday. No one, no one realized Gilmore had picked it off in the press box no. until it was called. A, it, mm. Like, I, I watching it live, I hadn't even been sure just because the angle it was at and Micah right. pushing him out. I hadn't been sure he had gotten the ball out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you saw it. Look, I thought there was a fight at the bottom of the pile, but no, it was just they were trying to scrap for the ball, and it was right. like, oh, gosh, like Gilmore actually picked that off. So defense – 
incredible night. You can't say enough good things about them. I, I'm going to say this about the offensive grade. Incomplete. Like, I have no idea. I, I, I don't think we got a chance to see the offense really at all. I mean, there were certain aspects of it you can certainly see. Um, but in terms of what they want to do with this new passing attack and some of the concepts, it's just it was basically 16 nothing before they got a chance to do anything. And it was a wet field and your offensive line was a little bit compromised. So I don't think we were going to get a great representation of what they want to do in the passing attack from this game. But in general, I think we can look at some individual performances. You already mentioned one guy, Chuma Idoga, and I thought Idoga was he was okay. Um, you know, he was there was specifically the big twenty-five yard run that Pollard had. Uh, Idoga pulled on that and did a nice job, kind of sealing. And then you had good blocks from Schoonmaker, and I think it was Hendershot. Yeah, it um, was Hendershot. By the way, he still has issues with drops. He had the drop mm-hmm. in the end zone. That's a, mm-hmm. th- something we've talked a lot about here on this show. Is his issue with the drops. I got to say, he's impressed me uh, on two different occasions yesterday. I think he impressed me with his blocking. So he's improved, I think, over the offseason. But in general, your thoughts on how Edoga played in place of Tyler Smith? Well, let me circle back what I learned about the offense, Bobby, because is the weather definitely a factor? Uh, the way that the defense dominated for the Cowboys and special teams, big factor. Didn't have to do as much. I will say this. The most impressive thing that I saw from this offense was the drive to start the second half. 10 plays, 75 yards. The way that the mix, you know, they started off with the pass to, to Michael Gallup. They get some runs. You know, they kind of mix and match away. They go and they went with the, you know, they, they, they finish off the drive with a touchdown. They needed that. The offense needed something like that. And, and I know on 105.3, the fan on the, on the, the halftime show, you know, with Zach Wolchek and myself, I challenged the offense. I said, listen, you got a lead, but you get the ball to start the second half. You need to find a way to go get seven points out of this. Because it really, they really hadn't done very much all night. You know, but there were some creative things. The 49-yard pass out of uh, the trips formation with the two picks and the wheel behind it. You know, that's all we're asking. Create separation for Dak Prescott. The fourth down pass to to Cooks with the off coverage and him to run the inside route and they get protection and Dak throws the ball right where it needs to be thrown. The unbalanced line on the goal line and they they uh, you know they hand the ball or toss the ball to, to Pollard and he's able to kind of get in off that. There was some creativity, but that second that second half drive that started the second half, that first drive of the second half, that's what I needed to see because that's what this team is capable of. Going, you know, Taking going 75 yards, mixing up the, the play calls, but also finding a way to kill almost six minutes off that clock and, and, and finish with points. So other than that, it was a very, in a way, you know, kind of a night where you're like, eh, okay, that was good. That was good. But to get back to Odoga uh, and where he played, and I was super, super, super critical of him because I did not see him. When he played offensive tackle, he, let's be honest, he was awful. But, yeah. you know, the, this defense had a way of making everybody look awful. I'm not making excuses for him, but here he is. He's not, he doesn't look good at tackle. We didn't see him play any guard. I didn't see him play any guard. I know, you know. So I'll take a handful of practice reps where he looked a little better. But I, did, I don't remember any of them, Bobby. I'm sorry if I, That's I mean, fine. Yeah. I don't remember any of them. But I, th- I, I remember seeing him at guard. He looked a little better, but not as good as I thought he was last night. See, but that's, that's what I'm saying. The, the way that the Giants played, it's perfect for how he is. Because 
Adoga to me is kind of a small area player, even though he pulls and you know he had some opportunities to you know he had some blocks where he was okay again, and he was good enough. He was not a liability. Him at tackle in him as a tackle in practice was a liability, you know. But last night, no. What are they going to do? They're going to bull rush him. They're going to try and just run over him. They're not going to have a lot of moves, a lot of quickness, a lot of that. And that plays right into his hands. He did a nice job. Him, Tyron Smith, did a really nice job over on that left-hand side. You know, there, but I, I, the, one big, the one blemish was only really that Biotis got pushed a little bit by Lawrence. You know, he and got, that he get, he was the I thought he had the most trouble on the offensive line last well, night. Well, yeah, he, on, on the Dowdle's screenplay first, for yeah the screenplay for him to cover the fumble though was that, that helps was, a lot. Dowdle's ten yard run, the right. first right carry he got in the game. He moved Lawrence like he yeah, that was sure the did. one time I remember him getting movement on. Lawrence, no, no, absolutely. But, I, I, you know, there was some struggle there. There's clearly some struggle there. But I, I overall though, I like what I saw from Steele and Martin. And you mentioned the twenty-five yard run that Pollard had. Yeah, that was Hendershot. That was uh, Schoonmaker. You know, that was that's what you got to have. They did the tight ends did a great job at the point of attack. The tackles, the guard, everybody hats on hats. But Odoga as as a whole, I'm I'm not gonna sit there and apologize for him because, like I say, I don't know anybody that had any real confidence now. They had and he confi- wasn't great. He was no, good he was enough. good. He was good enough, and he wasn't a liability. And that's all you can ask. That's all you can ask right now. Yeah, you know, it's funny that I, I think that when you talk about uh, it, when you talk about somebody who has to step in, spot start, and was good enough, and you know, a short area player, things like that. It sounds a little bit to me like you're describing uh, a guy that had to step in play with some power, was needed to play in tighter areas. Uh, it sounds a little bit like what they got out of Xavier Suofilo a couple years ago. You remember when sure. he had to step yeah. in and play? Yeah. Like if, and if you if he can be that, if he can be what Suofilo did, would nobody, which nobody thought Suofilo was like, oh, this is a permanent starter, but it's like, okay, you can get by if he has to play guard for a little bit. That's how I felt about Adoga in this game. It's interesting. You mentioned the fourth down catch from Brandon Cooks. That was two catches, 22 yards for Cooks, not a, a – a, dominant offensive day in general for the unit the offensive unit but i thought that again the box score doesn't tell the whole story with cooks who i thought that big fourth down catch and yeah. knowing he was going to get hit and the pass interference drawing the pass the, interference the pass interference he yeah. olayed that one that was uh that was a nice little soccer cell job uh, mm-hmm. i felt like i didn't think that was nearly the contact that he made it out to be uh, a savvy move there. He gets the illegal contact on a third down throw that misses to CeeDee Lamb, you know, extends the drive a little bit longer. But what I thought was interesting there was the throw on fourth down, the pass interference on third down. The game was still sort of in the balance at that point when those throws are made. I thought it was interesting that on on big moments right there, Dak was looking for Brandon Cooks. No, Brandon Cooks, you watch him run routes. He's, he's smooth. He, he is so in and out of breaks, the cuts that he's able to make, outstanding when it comes to, you know, and, and, and really the routes run all at the same speed. He's not a start out fast, slow down to have to stop. No, he is a, he is a, his routes have got a lot of shape to them and they've got a lot of speed and a lot of quickness to them. Yeah, he was somebody who, I just, I found it very interesting that, I mean, Dak obviously has a lot of trust for CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Michael Gallup really 
again, you want to talk about what I think may have been a concerted effort. Did you think, Brian, there was a concerted effort on that opening drive in the second half of let's get Gallup into a rhythm? Let's look for Michael first. Yeah, it, you know, and he he's he's worked so hard, and you don't want him to become the forgotten guy, you know. But they they they're going to need Michael Gallup again. He what does Michael Gallup do? He he makes a catch, and you're thinking. He's got no chance to keep his body in, but what does he do? He goes and catches the ball and tries to yeah. get, you know. But, you know, the catch, the 10-yard the, the catch to start the – or the 11-yard catch to start the the second half was a big play for him. You know, yeah. it was nice to see him get the catch. And, you know, you you got to find a way – I think to, that was very intentional, though. I think that yeah. was let's try and get Michael yeah. into a rhythm. Yeah. And they looked for him there. But I just think – I do think it's interesting that early in the game, but when big throws were – when those were still – meaningful throws on third and fourth down Dak looked for Brandon Cooks that's the and he should Brandon yeah. Cooks is going to make plays yeah Brandon, and, and this, he, the, we've talked he's going to win Brandon. on the routes he's going to win routes on we've the outside talk about Brandon Cooks as the speed threat and the vertical mm-hmm. threat but I mean we do need to, to continue to talk about it he's a really good route runner he's somebody who can still make these tough catches over the middle he's not a giant receiver but you saw he'll make the catch and he'll stand in there and he'll take the hit and he'll finish right. it right. I mean he's a good receiver has been a good receiver for you know a decade now um, because of those aspects. Now, you know, obviously not a lot we can take from Dak Prescott's performance. I don't feel like, again, it's kind of an incomplete grade. Um, there were, He had a couple misses uh, that I felt, especially in the first half, were more about rhythm of the offense and trying to figure things out more than the weather in the first half. Second half was more about weather. Um, but also he had at least four drops. Brian, was it five? Because I know Turpin had one. You got two from Ferguson and one from Hendershot. Was there another one in there that I'm forgetting? There were at least four drops. Yeah, I was, trying, I was trying to think of all the, the, the drops. The one, the, the one, Ferguson had one, Hendershot had one. Uh, Ferguson had two. Ferguson had two, yeah. They he had of, one in the red zone, too. and then Turpin had one in the red zone. Turpin had one in the red zone, yeah. And so you had some drops issues there. Before we go to the mailbag, I, I'm just curious, Brian, that the other aspect here, because I think, you know, everything else we've got a pretty good handle on. How did Tyron Smith look to you yeah. playing tackle? And yeah. specifically, I want to say this is that can we make a fair evaluation of anything done in pass protection when so far we, you know, we're recording this Monday night. We still got to see the Bills and the Jets play. Um, but so far through all but one game, Dak Prescott was number one in the league in time to throw. He was getting the ball out faster than anybody else. He was getting it out in, uh, I believe it was 2.37 seconds or something like that. So Dak was, it was quick throws. You weren't having to block for very long. But with that context behind it, how do you think Tyron Smith looked? at I think think Tyron Smith was fine. I think he was fine. I mean, again, to me, where Tyron Smith, he's not as – the the I think injuries have robbed him of some of his athletic ability, but you saw some of the pulls on him getting outside. That's when t- when he's outside running. It's you know defensive backs back up. You know and he's going to create he's still a very lot of strong. Still very strong, but he probably doesn't have the lateral agility that he once had or the lateral quickness that he once had. But man, he's still one of those guys that if he gets his hands on you, he could he could he could finish you. You know, and I, 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 you know, you look at last night with Thibodeau and those guys, there was nothing. There was nothing coming from that side over there. You know, not that Dallas, you know, ran a whole ton of plays, 
But the plays that they, you know, the plays that they had to run, the plays that they threw the ball, I think that Tyron Smith, when you watched him block, it was it was not to the level it was, you know, four or five years ago, but it's still it's gotta be it's gotta feel good for him to to have that kind of a start, a good start against you know, with uh, Ojolari and then Thibodeau and those guys with their ability to rush. Last one uh, before we get to the mailbag on the the Tyron Smith front again. What did you think uh, about the – we already talked about that opening drive in the second half. What did you think about that jumbo right side where they went – Unbalanced. Steel Smith. Unbalanced, uh, yeah. There? Unbalanced line, yeah. And what happens is unbalanced, you bring the the, the, the tight end down next to the to the guard on the, uh, on the left side, but – a creative wrinkle, you know, just something on the goal line that if they don't adjust to it, if the Giants don't adjust, then, you know, you've got an advantage of a 312-pound, 315-pound extra tackle over there, extra blocker over there. And what they do, they toss the ball, and it just was kind of a walk-in, you know, walk-in touchdown. With yeah, all that, honestly, with all- the, the unbalanced line, I think, worked exactly what it was because when you watch the, the playback, I didn't think it was like – locked up super well like they just kind of got in the way of the defenders Pollard was patient and bounces but it's not like they just mauled them it was just you had three big guys there it was tough to 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 break through you're listening to the love the star podcast the love of the stars and odyssey podcast you can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts